I don't put up with any bullshit. So, I mean, if anybody's <laughs> going to try to belittle me or talk down to me or get in my way physically, whatever, I mean, I will stand up and fight back. Welcome to Over the Ledge Live, the podcast, the number one and some say only political satire show based solely on the Texas legislature. I'm Amy Lowry, and I'm glad you're here. Over the Ledge gives you a behind-the-scenes look at the shenanigans of the Texas legislature by decoding political headlines and legislators' behavior into easy-to-understand single-ant jokes. We're just as funny, but not as famous. Yet. If you like what you hear, consider becoming a patron to Over the Ledge. If you don't like what you hear, still consider it. $5 a month, $25 a month, whatever. No big whoop. We're just glad you're here. Let's meet our guest tonight. First up, some very sad news. Our very own Aaron Salinas will not be with us tonight. Don't worry. He's totally okay. In his place is another Over the Ledge alum, Warren Pacheco. Warren is an actor, comedian, and an agent of the Dark Lord. Based solely in based in Los Angeles, California. When taking a break from being poor, he enjoys long walks on the beach, foreign films, and being a rapturous beauty. <laughs> Be sure to stay tuned as you can catch him in such illustrious roles as gay number three and bitchy receptionist. <laughs> Please welcome Hello. Lauren Pacheco. <laughs> It's really, yeah, it's great to be out here in LA. I love being put in a box. It's great. <laughs> I have no more questions or qualms about who I am. I am gay and that's it. And bitchy, I guess. Yeah. And, and an agent of the Dark Lord. Yeah. Hey, that's, that's private. <laughs> my, work, my work with the devil is private. Just because I mentioned it in my bio doesn't mean you get the question. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Next, we have a wonderful comedic guest for you tonight, Sean Petrie. Sean is an author and award-winning poet. As a founder of Austin's typewriter radio, ra radio, radio, he has written over 20,000 poems for strangers all across the country. His poetry books include Typewriter Radio, Listen to the Trees, and his latest- Typewriter Rodeo. <laughs> I'm going to write typewriter, typewriter radio now. Rodeo. Right now. Yeah, that's his upcoming typewriter rodeo. Listen to the trees and his latest, an art poetry collaboration entitled Pet Poems. Also, not just pets. He also has multiple fiction and nonfiction books for kids and teaches legal writing at the University of Texas School of Law. More at seanpetrie.com. Yes, he and Stephanie went on at least one almost date about 20 years ago. We did? Oh, well, oh my God, yes. Going. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that kayaking meant a lot to me. Yep. And then 20 years later, we're talking. <laughs> we reconnected. <laughs> he finally called. It worked, I ladies. I just waited and waited. Played that long game. <laughs> Our very special celebrity guest for tonight is Senator Carol Alvarado. Senator Alvarado is proud to serve Texas Senate District 6 in Harris County and was first elected in a 2018 special election. In 2008, she was elected to the Texas House of Representatives and served five terms, representing District 145. Now, in her second term, serving in the Texas Senate, the senator is vice chair of the Senate Select Committee on Ports and a member of the Senate Committees on Administration, Natural Resources and Economic Development, Nominations, Transportation, and the Special Committee on Redistricting. Senator Alvarado is an advocate for women's health and reproductive rights and has passed legislation to assist victims of sexual abuse. Please welcome Senator Carol Alvarado. Yay. Thank you. Yay. If Warren is gay number three, I'm Senator number 10. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Democrats, we're just sort of a number in the Senate. Oh. <laughs> no, hardly. <laughs> Just a number that's so sad. Well, today, today you're Senator number one. Oh, that's thank nice. you. Yeah. Speaking thank you. only. <laughs> Finally, we have the creator and the ruler of the Over the Ledge Empire who needs no introduction. Stephanie, I saw my first hummingbird of the season yesterday, Chiarello. Yay. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> Just a reminder to save the date. We will be back live in person September 16th through 18th, 2022 at the Lawn Center. I think it'll be our sixth, 
sixth show. It is and true. Six live theatrical show. And because of our generous sponsors, we can actually pay for the theater. So thanks again <laughs> to the Magnificent 22. Now it's time for What's Up in Texas with our host, Stephanie Chiarello. Oh, yay. Did you know in breaking news that our podcast has been nominated as a finalist in the Chronicles Best of Austin 2022? You've got two weeks to vote for us. Please Ooh. go here. And this will, of course, often. early and often, uh, no voter ID required. <laughs> uh, it's easier to vote for us than it is for your next senator. Okay, now it's time <laughs> for the... Go ahead, Warren. And if you don't vote, Stephanie's going to laugh the hell out of you. <laughs> I've already said that president with the Oscars last week. So if you don't vote, we're here to get hit. Pretty much. All right, let's find out what's been happening in Texas. Governor Greg Abbott's border Operation Lone Star continues to make headlines as a complete failure, such as reporting statistics that include counting arrests of U.S. citizens hundreds of miles from the border. Now, to be fair, a big part of the operation is drinking Lone Star beer before tallying the numbers. <laughs> True. Was that true. true false? Okay. Yes. <laughs> Briscoe Kane, state representative and Isaac from Children of the Corn, recently <laughs> tweeted, What is a woman in response to trans woman Leah Thomas winning the NCAA swimming championship? Kane's wife quickly responded by quoting his tweet with, Somebody please answer him so he can move on to Googling how to sexually please one. Oh, Ooh. Ooh, look at that face. The senator does not condone oh, anything that is said. Or is it in hot in here? <laughs> All right. Targeting trans youth yet again. Paxton is investigating pharmaceutical companies that sell puberty blockers for, quote, deceptive marketing. As he himself has never undergone the maturing process of puberty, he knows a lie when he sees one. <laughs> In the Senate primary runoffs, Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick's favorite GOP candidate, yes man, Pete Flores, is up against renegade Raul Reyes. Reyes says right now it's a Senate of one, and that's Dan Patrick. I bet party of one accurately describes every birthday party Patrick has ever had. Oh, oh don't <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Texas Republicans commended Granbury ISD Superintendent Jeremy Glenn for his, quote, leadership to remove vulgar or pornographic materials from local schools. Glenn managed to find three offending books, The Birds and Bees and You and Me, the second book, Gender Queer, which were both found in school libraries. The last book, of course, If There's Grass on the Field, Play Ball, was found in football coach Bob Nix's desk. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> My other writer did not like that joke, and I kept it in there, and she's always right. <laughs> Texas's electric grid is under high alert again, as Russian hackers have been probing for weak points. It's really too bad Russia didn't learn anything from Greg Abbott. Simply wait for the grid to fail on its own and then say, it wasn't me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh. After a three-hour-long public hearing, the Lindale City Council approved an ordinance for the city to become a sanctuary city for the unborn. Lindale is the 15th city in East Texas to prohibit abortions within the city limits. What's next? Are they going to outlaw dancing? If we learned anything from Footloose, dancing is where the slippery slope towards fornication begins. <laughs> um, okay. Wow. It's nice to fail. <laughs> Abortion nonprofits say Texas State Rep Briscoe Kane defamed them in a cease and desist letter he wrote where he called them, quote, criminal organizations. In response, Kane said, I'm surprised they're not more upset about the nanny nanny doo doo stick your head in doo doo part of my briefs. <laughs> <laughs> doo doo and briefs. What is woman? <laughs> Two more. You can hang in there with me, everyone. <laughs> Attorney General Ken Paxton tried to stop Austin ISD's Pride Week from happening. Paxton said Pride Week just promotes sex ed. Austin ISD says Pride Week is about acceptance. 
Now, Rainbow Merch Makers say Pride Week is about finally making enough money to retire to literally anywhere Ken Paxton is not. Mm. <laughs> and finally, this is a dark one. So if none of those got a laugh, neither will this one. But I'm going for it. Just like my marriage is Melissa Lucio, a mother from the Rio Grande Valley, convicted for the death of her daughter and scheduled for execution next month has evidence pointing to her innocence. When asked if he's going to pardon her, Governor Greg Abbott replied, have you met me? Gosh, that is dark. It is dark. So get us out of here, Amy. Thank you very much. That's what's happening (laughs) in the legislature. So that happened again. (laughs) (laughs) It's my show. It's my show. Okay, audience, let me tell you how this podcast works. On tonight's episode, Warren and Sean are competing against each other for the coveted Most Knowledgeable Comedian in Austin Award. Comedians, please be aware that you can each phone a friend three times if you were stuck on a question. And by friend, we mean Senator Alvarado. This award is given to the comedian who knows the most about Texas politics, according to the outcome of the games on our show. (laughs) Stephanie, show the award. Oh my goodness, that's it's wow. Yeah, yeah, it's too. I don't even want to see the rest. That's all. Oh, there wow. it was made of the <laughs> finest Taiwanese alloys. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever wins, this fine marble base was made in Italy, Warren. Italy, oh, yeah, Italy, New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever wins gets their picture taken with our special guest, Senator Alvarado, and she will post the picture on her social media, announcing that the winning committee <laughs> <laughs> agree to that. Right. That was the next one. <laughs> Stephanie, did we ask the senator if she's okay with this? No, I did <laughs> not. Create a, new, create a new social media account right now. Just <laughs> right. For that. The real Senator Carol. Uh-huh. <laughs> Our special guest, Senator Alvarado, staged a 15-hour filibuster against the GOP voter suppression bill, Senate Bill 1872, the, the second 30-day special session of the 87th legislature. She also filed an online voter registration bill every session since 2013. Let's just say Senator Alvarado, using her own words, believes, quote, it is our sacred right to cast a vote, unquote. Let's remind ourselves about voting rights in Texas. Are you white? Are you male? When we say freedom, you say guns? Okay, then you've got the right to vote, or it may not be that simple. This game is called You Ballot Believe It. Again, <laughs> it's multiple choice. We first aired this game May 15th, 2020. All right, Stephanie. Okay, we're just going to get right into this game. It's multiple choice. And we're going to start with Warren. Actually, we're starting with Sean because Warren is replacing Aaron. So, Sean, you are the guest. Okay, B. Okay. Uh, you want me to read the question? You might learn I... something, Sean. Yes, yes, sir. <laughs> Okay, making sure you understand, you can ask the senator. There are two games. You can ask her three times for help. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Sean, who is the chief elections official in the state of Texas? Is it A, the secretary of elections, B, the attorney general, C, the secretary of state, or D, the president of the Senate? Who is in charge of elections in the state? Yes. Gosh. I don't even know if it's a trick question or not. So, uh, I'm going to. No pressure. Um, Everyone's no, looking no, at you. No. I know. I'm going to phone a friend on this one and see what we think, Senator Alvarado. Who is the chief election official in the state of Texas, Senator? C. Secretary of State. Secretary of State. Oh. But that was probably you go got with. it. Very yeah, how did they <laughs> go team? Good job, you know. You got yeah. it. Is and there the a secretary that... of elections? I don't even know if there's that sort of no. thing. No, no, no. Okay. It would be a good title for somebody who did that. Yeah, that's why it's one of the answers, Sean. I'm gonna put that in the typewriter radio book. Oh <laughs> <laughs> All right, Warren, Texas voter ID laws state that. A, we're talking about uh, voter ID. 
A, the ID must have a photo of the voter on it. B, a license from any state is an acceptable form of ID. C, if someone doesn't have their ID, they cannot vote. Or D, a Texas handgun license is not an acceptable form of ID. Which one of those is a true statement about Texas voter ID laws? Well, it's definitely not D. I'm pretty <laughs> sure of that because, yeah. Um, well, okay. Was A that you have to have a photo? Yes, the ID must have a photo of you on it, not just some. <laughs> There's a photo um, of a boat. Not, not photo of Anna Nicole Smith. I'm just like her. Um, my work. I'm, I'm gonna say A. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go on a and say A. That seems plausible. Good. It's Al. You're right. You must have a photo of the voter oh, on it. Very good nice. job. Very good job. Thank you. But yeah. I'm gonna work on a bill with the senator about bringing in a picture of a boat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> be the first bill she files. Okay, or Sean. Yeah. In Texas, convicted felons may A, never again get the right to vote. B, regain their right to vote if a panel of judges deem them sufficiently rehabilitated. C, regain their right to vote after completing their sentence, including parole. Or D, regain their right to vote only if the governor grants them a waiver. This is about convicted felons. Oh, wow. I would guess it's probably A or D. The governor have that power to do that? I would guess he does. I'm going to go with, not even phoning, I'm going to go with D on that. Dude, I wish that was right, but can you see that it's actually C? I'm sorry. I can now, yes. <laughs> they regained their right to vote after completing their sentence, including parole. Wow, did not know that. All right. Yeah, a lot of them don't know that either. Mm -hmm. But they'll all be listening to this, and now they, they, all they will we know. They are yes. so big in prisons. Prison? Yeah. Over the Ledge is everybody's number one show. Yeah. Rod, if you're listening, I love you. He's innocent. <laughs> <Okay>. Yeah. <laughs> hey, nothing, nothing, nothing is better than a boyfriend who's captive. Okay, they never leave. Warren, oh. <laughs> which of the following is not a statewide elected official in Texas? A. Secretary of Elections. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you ruined it. <laughs> that was it. A, the Justice of the Supreme Court. B, Commissioner of Agriculture. C, Attorney General. Or D, Secretary of State. Which of the following is not a statewide elected official? I'm going to go with A. I'm sorry you're wrong. It's. Uh. D, Secretary of State. It was a callback. Uh, I'm hanging. I'm hanging up. Oh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You're tied. You can still get the trophy. Don't give up. Yeah. I don't We're want so the prize to win. Don't give oh. up, California. You can win. So the Secretary of State is uh, appointed by the governor, and if the Senate is in session, they approve them. Or not. Or not. Yes. I you have David, David Whitley. Do you want to tell us the story of David Whitley, please, Ooh, Senator? Yeah. Well, he was involved in the, that mass purging uh, of voters, which was found on no substance, but there were people that were purged that were born in the United States or had become citizens. It was a fiasco, and he did not get a confirmation, which is probably one of the small victories we've had as Democrats in the Senate. We held together and block the nomination. That's wonderful. So. We actually did a sketch about him in our live show, the last one we did, and then he came into our office this last session to lobby, and I just kept looking <laughs> into his eyes. It was like, please don't know about the Secretary of Snake joke. Please don't know. I don't think <laughs> Okay, back to you, Sean. Election law in Texas used to be subject to federal oversight due to a, the Constitution, B, the Civil Rights Act of 1965, 
C, the Voting Rights Act of 1965, or D, the Federal Elections Act of 1953? Used to be subject to those. So that means like it's no longer. Is that what it, it is? So that's, hmm, I think all of those are still in effect. Maybe not the, the last one there, D. I'm going to go with D on that. You sure about that? Am I going to ask? Oh, wait. I'm sorry. I said, do I want to phone a friend? Yes, I do. That was the D that I meant. With that. <laughs> what do we think? So, uh, C, again. It's C. I'm going to go with C, which is the, what was, I forget what C was. Wow. It was not the Civil Rights Act. Voting Rights Act. Voting, Voting Rights Act. Act. Yes. yes, of course. Yes. So, I for. feel like almost every lawsuit, Senator, correct me if I'm wrong, but every lawsuit using the Voting Rights Act started in Texas, right? They're like five of yeah. the major. Oh, yeah. 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 We're the worst. Yeah. We're the worst. Go, Texas. Go, <laughs> Texas. My law school students would be so proud of me right now for not knowing that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it hasn't been in the news or anything lately. So. No, definitely not covered. <laughs> I'm so busy teaching them the intricacies of the legal. No, yeah. And on the typewriter radio, just yeah, <laughs> those are those two favorite things. Tune in to the typewriter radio. Everybody listens to the typewriter radio. <laughs> okay, Warren. Wait, is that right? Yeah, yeah, Warren. That's his name, yeah. Which of the following yeah. was yeah. not? <laughs> was not a discriminatory policy of Jim Crow era Texas elections. Poll taxes, literacy tests, altering, altering citizenship laws, or intimidating black voters, which is not one of the clever, clever, maniacal things people did to keep people from voting. Remember, you can phone like a friend, of, Warren. I feel like all of those happen. <laughs> uh, I'm going to phone a friend on this one. I, I, I'm going to say it's a soft C. That's not my final answer, but it's a soft C. Okay. Senator's nodding, so I'm going to say C. Yeah, you got yeah. it. Of all, I mean, they've done it now, but not back in the day in Jim Crow, just yeah. in the Greg Abbott era. <laughs> they had that up they, they were just, you know, they were just waiting to get around to it. They said, you know, so much paperwork. So much paperwork. Yeah, we'll, just, we'll, we'll, get, we'll, we'll get to it later. <laughs> okay, Excuse me, Sean. I'm talking in my phone. <laughs> Which of the following scenarios would grant someone the ability to vote by mail in Texas? A, there are no requirements. Everyone can vote by mail. B. If you can prove that your job prevents you from going to the polls on election day. C. If you're a person with disability. D. If you live in a rural area and the nearest polling station is more than 30 minutes away. Mm. What was B again? If you can prove that your job prevents you from going to the polls on election day. (laughs) I didn't think so either. I'm in a go with the consistency of the answers here and i'm gonna go with c on this one <laughs> you're correct Ooh. that and this was a big friggin deal during covid yeah. about what was considered a disability oh yes senator do you have any stories to share about voting by well i talked about that at length for hours during the filibuster I read a lot of testimony that had taken place in committees, people with disabilities, and we had uh, organizations of uh, various groups from the disabled community that weighed in. So it was a big, big deal. And what's the final count? Like 25,000 mail-in ballots have been rejected from the most recent election? In Texas? I, I don't know the exact number, but it's, it's very significant, especially here in Harris County. Yes. We had the largest. And we were the target of the bill. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Lauren. When did women gain full voting rights in Texas? 1800, 1850, 1880, 1920. Uh, oh God! Wait, I forgot. So was nineteen twenty the one? You're right. Yeah, very good. Okay. Nineteen twenty <laughs> in Texas. 
I think completely, right? In the nation? Yeah. Nationally. Nationally. Was Texas before did Texas give women suffrage before? Oh, are you kidding? <laughs> I was like, I know. I was like, wait, no, that's <laughs> Yeah. I was sitting uh, here like we're still waiting. So I actually used to work with a gentleman named Steve who's like great uncle or great great uncle was the state rep from Tennessee who was the swing vote who oh, wow. helped pass that. And apparently he got a letter from his mom that was like, You better give us the right. And anyway, I think of that every time. Wow. And Steve loves this show. Was she a suffragette? I that's I need to look more into it. I'm I assume she was. Yeah. Okay, last two questions for each of Ooh. you. Warren. When is the next uniform election day in Texas? Sean. Sean? Yeah, you could switch it up. I don't know what you yeah. Sean is nine. He can have that question. I don't know that one. That's okay. <laughs> it is it is to you, Sean. I'll when is it. the next uniform election day in Texas? Okay, which means that there are um elections State. all across the state. Statewide. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Tuesday, November eighth, Saturday, May seventh, Monday, July fourth, or Tuesday, May twenty fourth. Next statewide one all over the state. There was November, May, July, and what was the other month in there? There are two in May. Two Saturday, in May. May 7th, or Tuesday, May 24th. Wow. I am definitely going to phone a friend on this one, but I, I'm going to go with, oh, when would it probably be? November is going to be my guess on that. But sure I'm going to be, that? I'm not, because I'm going to go. <laughs> Ask somebody who might know better. No, Vember, not you. <laughs> I'm going to go May 24. And I would are be you, correct with you, that, wouldn't I? Are wouldn't you I asking a friend? For I'm, this I'm asking a friend. Yeah, we're, we're doing a... Yeah, uh, that was the only one in May, right? Yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah. May 7th. There's a May oh, 7th and a May 24th, yeah. yeah. It's a fairly liberal use of, uh, no pun intended, of uh, phone a friend, like phone, phone a few friends. Interesting. Interested in how we do our phoning here. Okay, okay Sean, what is your final answer, please? May seventh. Okay, you're correct. Yes. Woo! All right. Yeah. After, All right. Yeah. Very good. Now Not there July, are apparently. No, July fourth is just uh, Labor Day. <laughs> um, now there Happy is Best an election. Day. <laughs> there is an election on tuesday may 24th but they are different they are both statewide so warren last question what is on the ballot on saturday may 7th for everyone across the state so not local races but what will everyone have the chance to vote on is it a runoff for like governor b runoff for attorney general c constitutional amendments or D, the state income tax rate increase? Hmm. Is this like a special election or is this like every year? Okay. okay. Um. <laughs> it is not a special <laughs> election. This is a regularly okay. scheduled election. Hey. I, I, hey. You I sure about that? <laughs> I, would, I would look. B, oh my God. Did I say A? <clears throat> Excuse me. It's B. No? Okay, well then, C. <laughs> oh, so close, almost. <laughs> it is C, constitutional is amendments. Yes, we do not have a state income tax. Boom, that was a trick answer. A trick answer, yo. I have one now, now that we're here. <laughs> okay, so this is a bonus. You may not look to anyone for assistance. Both of you, whoever shouts it first. Can you I'm gonna go to the bathroom. Me? Okay. <laughs> no. Do either one of you know the topics of the two constitutional amendments? Sean or Warren, jump in. There are two propositions. What are they about? Oh, I'm gonna say the answer is no. Neither one of us know. Hey. <laughs> the two topics constitutional amendments. Um not the state income tax. Um 
we are voting to amend the constitution to allow i don't know what it's even in gonna be in there no i'm 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 gonna say i'm gonna say it's yeah i'm gonna say it's on theme for texas so it has probably something with roe v wade they're probably gonna constitutionally (laughs) amend to outlaw you know uh abortion or yeah, we Something did that already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right. Ooh. Oh my God, I forgot about that. See, I can't keep up. Something with school funding. Like I'm going to say you're, something with school funding. You're, you're pretty good. I'm not going to give you the point because you already guessed, but it's about um, ad valorem taxes for schools and then uh, oh, your homestead school. exemption. You were close. Yeah. 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 Okay, Amy, where did we land? Todd, four to four. <sighs> yes, we're the sharing the trophy. And Sean has used, you, Sean, you've used all your phone of friends, but Warren. I won that part too. (laughs) (laughs) Does that mean you have to take a picture with both of them? (laughs) Oh, there's one more game. There's another game. Don't you worry. Yes. Don't worry. You can crop out whoever you want (laughs) in the social media post. Our next game celebrates the glorious holiday that is today, April Fool's Day. It's called Believe It or April Fool's. Yes, Stephanie grew up in the 1980s. (laughs) Let's play. Okay. This is pretty uh, simple. Is this sweet antidote? Antidote. Antidote. Anecdote. Anecdote. Anecdote about is this cute little story about a legislator (laughs) true? Is this something we just don't know about them, or is it April Fools? Ah. Okay, so pretty much it's a true, true, false game. Okay, you're gonna say true. Sean, even though you've already used all your questions, I kind of think the senator's facial expressions could maybe give you some hints. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, okay. Thank you for that. Yeah, Uh, clear riggery here at the game. Yes. Starting again with you, Sean. Yeah. Is this believe it or April Fools? Okay. Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick gives ten percent of his income to charity every year. (laughs) Well, maybe charity is very loosely defined (laughs) for where he gives his money, but I am going to go with false on April Fools on that. You are correct. April Mm. Fools. April Mm. Fools. Warren, former Speaker of the House Joe Strauss would give a dollar to every person who was homeless when he walked along Congress Avenue. <laughs> um, and then he would take two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to, uh, yeah, we're, no, false. And even if, even if that's allegedly Correct. true, false. It's, it's <laughs> April Fool's. <laughs> Sean, State Representative Jared Patterson spends every Thursday night tutoring fifth graders in math and science. Wow. I don't know who that is, but I want it to be true. So I'm going to say true. It is April Fool's. Oh, there was a theme to this. That's why you went to law school. Warren, State Senator Paul Betancourt plays the cello in the Houston Civil Orchestra. <laughs> Everyone um, okay? He oh, hold, on, the cello. hold on. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> he plays the cello and donates that salary to Houston ISD Fine Arts and Music Program. I, I don't know. Look. True. Why not? We'll get the benefit of the doubt. It better be true. Oh. I'm sorry. That is not true. Warren. <laughs> it is April. Oh my God. Oh. Greedy, oh. greedy. You have two phone friends if you want to use them in future. That is, <laughs> I forgot about that. Sean. At this point, I think it's a lost cause. State Representative Candy Noble leads a Girl Scout troop in Lucas, Texas, and can survive in the wild for 48 hours with just a jug of water and, quote, her trusted multi-tool. No, she cannot. I'm going to go false on that. (laughs) Correct. Spend some time in the wild with Candy, and that's not true. (laughs) April Fool's. April Fool's for me, too. I think trusted multi-tool was the giveaway for me on that one. Aw. <laughs> just like her, her machete. 
State Representative Warren Tony Tinderholt makes birdhouses that he gives away to senior citizens in his neighborhood in Arlington, Texas. Um, Senator, do, do you know this one? I'd say April no. Fools. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, it's a little sure. You know what? Why not? Birdhouses for the elderly. I say yes. I'm sorry, April <laughs> Fools. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm trying to give some of these people just a little bit benefit of the doubt. <laughs> I know. But no, apparently like everyone's very... hoarding money and hoarding birdhouses. My God. Right. And cellos. Leaving, leaving the Girl Scouts yeah. on their own in the wild. Yep. That's right. What here, do you think take Yellow your own based on <laughs> yeah, here's your Yeah, here's your basket weaving badge, Marie. Go, go make a yeah. fire or something. Here's a, here's a cello and a birdhouse. Good luck in the wild. Yeah, deal with it. Oh, and a dollar. Okay, when here's I was a dollar. When I was your age, we didn't have power. Yeah. I don't know how old, I don't know how old that person is. That was last year. But still, that's okay. Oh, so many burns. Sean, <laughs> yeah. former state senator Kirk Watson fosters dog. Oh, I think that's true. The Kirk Watson dog. I'm, I'm going to go with that. True. No, no. <sighs> April. Cool. What is he foster kittens? No, I don't think Nothing. he fosters. I don't at all. think he's fostering. He does have animals, but he does not foster them. All right. Boy, good luck getting just... people to guess on this pod after this. God, <laughs> exposing everyone. Perhaps I think you're you better on the no, multiple choice. No, actually, I wouldn't. Yeah. yeah. Y'all were better on the multiple choice. I know when there were more choices. Now, when there are fewer choices, I don't, it's not making sense, but that's okay. Yeah. I'm going to tell you a story also, about this game when, when we're done. Yes, Warren. I, it also is just very interesting, very nuanced questions. It's like asking someone, does Warren eat tapioca? <laughs> Every day or just or only twice a week? <laughs> April With Fools. a spoon? No, not a yeah. spoon. <laughs> no, April Fools. He eats it with his hand. <laughs> Should have known. Okay, next question. Sean. Yes. Is it Sean? It is Sean. That's my name. It is your oh, name. It's Warren. It's oh, Warren. it's Warren. Yeah, because okay, I missed it with Kirk Watson. Land Commissioner George P. Bush writes poems <laughs> and has published two books, one entitled Wool Me Once and the other entitled Food on Your Family. <laughs> okay, well... Um... I have those books. <laughs> I'm sweating. Is it if it is I true, think I see I mean, them on Stephanie's bookshelf. Right, <laughs> right there. Yeah, you just I mean, put I mean, a sharpie and wrote it on a post-it note for one. That's a bonus question. Firstly, as someone as someone who comes from a literary family of published authors, uh, very interesting titles. Um, I wouldn't deem them viable commercially. Um, <laughs> yeah, sure. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say something. I'm gonna say yes to everything. Yes, he wrote those books. And I'm sure they're fabulous. Lovely, lovely books. They're no? lovely books. Okay. They are quotes of his uncles. Famous quotes of George W. Bush. Uh, not George P. Bush. <laughs> so this one too is April family. Fools. Yes, right? Family. Remember, it's like, fool me once, shame on you, fool me again. Once, food on your family. Yes, it was like, <laughs> yeah. so you could put food on your family. Remember when we, that was the dumb guy? Oh, bless our hearts. <laughs> Okay, Sean, yeah. final question for you. Okay. Attorney General Ken Paxton collects cookie jars and has won several competitions across the nation, including the Cookie Monster Award for largest cookie jar, the Neiman Marcus Award for his diamond-encrusted gold cookie jar, and the Who Stole the Cookie from the Cookie Jar Award for insider cookie trading. Wow, he has, are these like cookie jars filled with all the, the souls of the people that he's taken as a dementor? No, those are mine. Oh, that's, that's right. You're the agent the of the, the Dark Lord. Dark Lord. We so need a like Ken Paxton as a dementor. Yeah. Uh, okay. Is that like his hands are in all the cookie jars thing? Yes. I, I'm going to go with, um, uh, with, with false on Ken Paxton and his uh, cookie jar um, fetish. You're going to be correct. Mm. This is April Fool's. It was loosely based on a 30 Rock plot point. Oh, uh, with Ken Paxton? 
Yes, with Ken Paxton. Steve Buscemi, I think. I have beef. I have beef with the game. He got <laughs> so did Ken Paxton go down to hell to to claim the souls and stuff them in cookie jars? Yes or no? True or false? Meanwhile, I get did Paul Bettencourt do something humanitarian <laughs> that would be great for his optics and serve his constituency? No, he didn't. Well, you did get the yeah. fool your family with food book title question. So that. You know how many dumb books are out there? My God. Go to, seven. I would say I'd seven. Go to my novels, but they're all closed. One's called oh. Watching Typewriter Radio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go to my your local favorite. library if they haven't shut it down yet. <laughs> okay, Warren, final question. State Senator Joan Huffman knits blankets for preemies and spends at least one night a week holding babies at hospitals. No, you know what? She takes the blankets <laughs> from the preemies and then she ships them off to labor. I don't know. Um, no, no, she doesn't. Joan Hoffman, you are selfish and you don't knit a damn thing. Mm -hmm. For babies or anyone. Except cold. maybe yourself. Yeah. All cold. <laughs> freezing. It's like you, like you know her. Okay, you're right. April Fools. None <laughs> of these were real. And I'm... I honestly tried. I posted on social media and I was like, hey, anybody have a story? You know, like something we just don't know about someone. I asked insiders, journalists and lobbyists who've been in the building forever. And people were like, I could not think of a single story. Wow. Oh. So I don't know what that says. If it says that legislators, maybe the senator can help us. Are you scared to show this side of you? Or do you think this side? Oh, she's quiet. Nope. They're she's busy. They have all these parades they have to go to. But it right. should be there should be like these humanitarian stories of people like I, you know, yeah. donate food or build prop pitch tents. I don't yeah. know, but yeah, but there's none of those. I mean, no one pulled anyone from a fire. No one like you know like I don't know trudged uphill both ways in snow to like you know right. take her little sister to school. Nothing. Got a kitten not, from a tree. Not even not Kirk Watson when he there. was fostering them. I mean, I'm pretty self-serving, but God, I mean, like, just like, something, please. I let someone cut me in line with the DMV today. Oh, False. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's true. You know what? If, you know, I'm better than Paul Bettencourt, okay? I do things for my public. My, my public, I mean, the people stuck with me in line. That's going to be your, your mantra. I'm better than Paul Bettencourt. <laughs> yeah. I'm I don't glad you've learned like the name is. Paul Bettencourt. What well, would Paul Bettencourt not do? That's what I would do. Yeah, everyone on three. We love Paul Bettencourt. Woo! <laughs> 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 yeah, he's okay, in Amy. Your court. I started laughing, got a little confused, but I think Sean got two of those and Warren got one of them, unless you guys remember <laughs> that I missed I think Warren, no I think Sean did better because Warren was saying true and Sean never said true. I said yes. true to Kirk Watson. Mm -hmm. Into something Amy, else. Amy's the keeper. Okay, I'm gonna see. Can I? Oh gosh. Oh geez. What? I messed up the layout. Oh god. Okay. No. <laughs> what happened? There we go. I was trying to just put the senator and Sean together, but I believe Sean is the winner. That true? Oh. Don't bother with that picture. Her her social media accounts have been wiped, clean, deleted. <laughs> and, and senator, I don't blame you. I'm not saying that. That's not the senator's fault. That's my fault. <laughs> Okay. okay, I don't want to be. I don't want to be associated with this. Oh no, I don't mind. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So we're just gonna smile on three, and then we we screen capture it. One. Okay. Can you two. wait a minute? Pull that. Let's get a full shot of that because from where I'm yeah. looking, it looks really strange. It, the, is it a bowling pin? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Can you? It's a <laughs> bowling pin. There oh, it is. Yeah, yeah. If you pull it back, there you go. Yeah, that's a good shot. Okay. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Okay. One, two, three. Great, we got it. Forty-three, forty-one. Okay, Amy. Oh. No, that was the time of the photo op. Oh. Oh, I thought you were talking about Bush forty-three and forty-one. Oh, oh yeah. We should have made that a question. Yeah. That would have been a good one. Now it's time to meet the woman who stood up to Dan Patrick for fifteen hours. I hope one of that parades is for you, Senator Carol Alvarado. Thank you, Senator. So I, as I was doing research on you and uh, remembered the filibuster, this was longer than Wendy Davis's filibuster. And uh, do you, did you call her and be like, nanny, nanny, boo-boo? I, I got No, I got but I talked hours. to her before. 
Okay. Before I did it, um, there was a different day that I was actually going to do it, but then that's when the house left and plans changed because there's that would have been too much. I mean, people leaving, breaking quorum, a filibuster going on, and uh, I just decided to wait. And so, anyway, no, I called her. She had a lot of good of advice, and we talked a lot about the catheter and how to prepare <laughs> yourself. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I, you know. The difference is that I had that damn thing on all day because we were supposed to take that bill up first in the morning. Okay. And once they caught on what I was going to about filibuster, then we didn't take it up till the evening. So I couldn't take it off and then put it back on. It's not like, you know, a ring. Let me put it on and put it off. I mean, it's, it's very complicated. So uh, yeah, it was, it was painful. It was painful walking around. I mean, think about it when you have those on, you're in a hospital bed most of the time. Right. Uh, but yeah, this was, this was, uh, painful. And so she, she gave me a lot of good tips. Yeah. And so tell, I, I think people, I hate to say it. I think people missed it, right? It was the second special session. It happened overnight. So can you tell our audience a little bit about what you were doing it for? And even though you knew, you know, you were only five days into the session, you know, what was your inspiration and and how did you find the courage and the stamina to to keep it up? Well, I was inspired because members of the house had been gone for, I can't remember at that time how long they were gone, but I felt like this is one of those defining moments in your career. It's our, it's a civil rights issue of our time. And I wanted to make sure that people, not just around the state, but in the country, realized what was happening because it not only stayed in Texas, unfortunately, what happens in Texas doesn't stay in Texas. We knew, and as you can see, it's happening all over the country, but we wanted to shine a light on it. And one way to do that was to stop it. Otherwise, it would have just flown out of the Senate, probably with very little debate. And having the filibuster allowed me time to read testimony uh, from the disabled community, from senior citizens, from uh, minority communities, and focus on some of the bad things. And trust me, there was a lot. I probably could have talked for another 15 hours. But I think there were a couple of good things that came out of it. And one was the poll watcher issue empowering poll watchers. I talked a lot about that. And as a result, when the bill went back to the House and it was passed, there was an amendment. I believe Stephanie Cliff put that amendment on that the poll watchers had to have training, mandatory Mm -hmm. training. That's something we had asked about and it, it didn't happen. So I feel like if there's, you know, one good thing that came out of the filibuster, that was probably one. And then, of course, just getting the you know national attention and the spotlight on the issue. Well, I know we really appreciate it. We had um, Scott Braddock on not too long ago, and he was talking about the bill and how um, at least it got better. And then some of us and our guests pushed back on, but it was a pretty shitty bit. Like it got oh, better, yeah, right. But you know, you have a a pound of sugar and you know one piece of shit. It's still a bag of shit, right? <laughs> Pardon me. Um, yeah. So how, uh, so I don't know what my question was in there. So you made it, we got it better, but it was still pretty horrible. And yeah. um, you wrote this op-ed very recently about mm-hmm. vote by mail. And so will you talk a little bit about that and how it impacted this most recent election? Well, being from Harris County, I felt even more uh, responsible for doing something because the bill was targeting us. Our commissioners court came up with some very creative ways for people to vote during a pandemic, being able to pull up, have the drive through voting. That was a success. 128,000 plus people used that mechanism for voting. And then we had the 24 hour voting, which to over 10,000 people utilized. And those were people that were you know, shift workers, uh, police officers, firefighters, people in the medical profession. And these things led to a record-breaking turnout for Harris County. So I think that's why we were a target, because it worked too well. I've been trying to push online voter registration for many sessions now, 
we are now just one of a handful of states that do not allow for it. It's cheaper, it's more secure. And as you saw earlier, uh, well, I guess it was last year sometime, there was a shortage of paper. And I'm thinking, I mean, we dealt with the shortage of toilet paper during the pandemic, and now we're dealing with the shortage <laughs> of paper during this election. It makes no sense. And then all the issues that we had with the vote by mail, uh, mainly people putting their, either not putting their driver's license or this last four digits of their social security or not putting the same one. That was the trick that you had to put the same number that you put on the application and the actual ballot. You know, some of our, especially our senior citizens, they, they couldn't remember which number they put on there and then your right. ballot would be thrown out. And a lot of people just got frustrated. There was no real quick cure method for it. And there was supposed to be, and that didn't happen. So, you know, we, we'll see what this, what this leads to in November, but we, we've got to get it right. We've, we've got to do better. I'm, I'm curious when someone gets to analyze how many Republicans and how many Democrats and how old were they? And I mean, I guess I won't be surprised by the answer, right. but I am, I am curious. Let's go back in time just a little bit. C- kind of what is your orange, orange, what is your orange story? But I also want to know your lemon story. Um, your origin story and what inspired you to run for office? I think growing up in the neighborhood that I was uh, raised in, in the East End, growing up around a lot of uh, industry, chemical companies and refineries and having to breathe bad air quality issues were very prominent. So I started challenging the companies just as a you know high school student and then early in college and organizing meetings and challenging their permits. And then oh, wow. I got involved in a, a situation where we, for about a year, went through negotiations and created something called the Good Neighbor Agreement. You know, I, we weren't trying to shut the company down because a lot of people that lived in the community also worked there, but we wanted them to be accountable and to be good neighbors. And that's how we came up with the Good Neighbor Agreement that became a model uh, for other communities across the country and was gained a lot of national attention. And then my sister worked for Planned Parenthood and she recruited me to volunteer uh, for, I don't know, a week or so during the Republican National Convention at a clinic because there were protesters, uh, mainly men, trying to keep women from getting from their car to the clinic door. And so I got involved in that, later became a board member of Planned Parenthood. And so those two issues really sparked my passion for public service. And those are two issues that are still near and dear to my heart. You may recall, I was in my second session in the House when Sid Miller had the mandatory sonogram bill. And I was on the House floor with the vaginal probe. And I took him on, took him to task about his own bill, which he knew very little about. And I'm surprised uh, to hear that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm joking. I'm not yeah. <laughs> but I do remember that the transvaginal yeah. wand. Oh, geez. Well, tell me the di- you serve five sessions in the House. You're on your second session in the Senate. What's the difference between the chambers and the, the challenges and perks of each one for you? Oh, gosh. Well, let's let's start off with how the presiding officer is elected or chosen. <laughs> rather, the Speaker of the House is selected by members of the House. As you see, you know, Joe Strauss and then uh, Bonin and now Phelan have to get elected with some Democrats, a lot of Democrats, whereas lieutenant governor is elected by the voters in a primary and then a general. Um, It's, you know, smaller body, 31 people versus 150. It's a lot quieter in the Senate. (laughs) There's no back mic. There aren't many shenanigans that take place. And the workload is is pretty heavy on a serious note that, I mean, I always thought that the Senate didn't work much because I I didn't think they spent a lot of time on the floor. But a lot of the work is done in committee. You're on five, six committees, and the workload is is pretty significant. Sometimes your committees are, you have two or three meeting at the same time and then running back and forth. So that's, um, that's a pretty big difference. And 
the in terms of negotiating, I think it's more complex than the House because you have 150 members. You can you can afford to piss off 25 people in the House, not a big deal. But in the Senate, you upset a couple of people, forget it. Uh, your bill's not going to be called up to the floor. So those are some of the differences. Do you have a story you're willing to share about some of the kind of backroom dealings you've seen or experienced to get a bill passed? Or has someone come up to you and like, you don't vote for this, I won't vote for that. And how did you manage it? You don't have to give names, but does it really happen well, that way? Or Well, not necessarily in that way where it's threatening. It's, um, you know, more of a compromise. Hey, I'll help you with this. Can you throw me one on this? And sometimes it's just to get the bill up on the floor. Not necessarily you're going to vote for it, but uh, as you know, the rules have been changed. So <laughs> sometimes you need um, you know someone to so from the other side of the aisle to help you. And I, I will say that even though things are so polarizing right now, and you see what's happening in D.C., members of the opposite party don't talk to each other. They don't sit down and break bread together. They sit on different sides. You have separate cloakrooms. That doesn't happen in Texas. We are still maintaining some bipartisanship. I have to say it's thinning, but there are many of us, despite what you see uh, in the media on, on social platforms, there are many of us that do try to work across the aisle. And, uh, you know, when I was in the House, I mean, Patricia Harless was one of my best friends. Sarah Davis was a dear, dear friend of mine and still is. And we had the bipartisan blanket caucus. And, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and in the Senate, the, the women, um, I try to get the women together often. There are 10 of us. That's the most that's ever been present in the Senate. And, um, you know, when I did the filibuster, the ladies were cheering me on. You wouldn't think so, but uh, I mean, I'll give you an example. Donna Campbell, once it, the cat was out of the bag that I was going to filibuster, she came up to me. She said, all right, what, what do you have? What are you wearing? And I said, yeah. She said, let's go to the bathroom. I want to make sure you have it on right. That's really good. She's so, a doctor. For those of you yeah, who yeah, don't yeah. know. Doctor, right. it's, it's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that is really sweet. See, yeah. I should have I should have known that. So I could have put that in our April Fool's or Truth story. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. But you know, that just goes to show you that there we're still hanging on to that in, in Texas. And most of us strive for bipartisanship. What is something you wish the regular person knew about the Texas legislature and how should they get more involved? And I mean, someone, nobody here, even Warren and Sean, who say they don't know anything, they do. You know, the person who's never heard of Tilo or Quorum Reporter, a Texas hashtag, maybe someone who shows up and votes but has no idea there's a state legislature. What, what do you wish they were doing? Well, most people don't realize it's a part-time legislature and our salary is $7,200 a year. That's right, $7,200 a year. Uh, you know, I, I'm not a fan of that system. I, I think it keeps, um, you know, certain people out. You've got to be very wealthy or you're, you're you know, trying to multitask and, and maintain your, your job. And uh, it's, it's a real sacrifice. I mean, you give up a lot to do this job, even when you're not in session. Our Senate districts are very large, almost a million people now, which are larger than congressional districts. And some districts have many counties in them. But um, I, like I said earlier, despite what you see, in the news or in the national spotlight in Texas here, we're, we're still striving to work together. And we try, I, I mean, I feel pretty good when I see people that maybe don't have anything in common. Maybe it's a rural member and an urban member trying to work on something together like broadband. I mean, that gives me, that restores some confidence that we're 
we're trying to get something right here in Texas. That's really heartening. Yeah. I'm glad to hear you say that. I think we've yeah. already talked about this, but is there um, the most important policy to you? Is it elections or some of your women's health work? Oh, it, it's it's all of that. I, I, I work a lot on economic development issues and small business issues because I want to see our economy continue to be the strongest, but I want it to be the strongest for everybody. And that means good paying jobs, um, decent wages for people. And as you can see, I mean, that's happening now because there's a shortage of workers. Um, that's always of concern and making sure that we have a skilled workforce that we can be competitive in our state. And also uh, making sure that we keep issues like Medicaid expansion on the forefront. It just it infuriates me that we're just, again, one of, um, I don't know, a do 10 or a dozen states that hasn't expanded Medicaid. And we have the largest number of uninsured people. So that money that's allocated for Texas to expand Medicaid is going to other states. Meanwhile, it impacts our budget. And we saw what happened during COVID, how people who don't go to the doctor for preventive care get COVID, end up in the hospital, and sometimes it ends in tragedy. Okay, I, I don't know if I want this to be the last question, but it might be. Um, ha have you experienced sexism or racism directly at the Capitol, and how has that shaped your behavior and policies and desire for vengeance? Uh, yeah, I've you know been around it a little bit. I mean, it, it is a good old boys club, um, but I have to say, I mean, you know, we. I think get um, women get singled out mainly by the type of legislation that's filed, all the bills on women's reproductive health. And a lot of times they are filed, introduced by males. And it is frustrating when men are trying to tell you that they know more about your health care than you do. Uh, and plus, I don't put up with any bullshit. So, I mean, if anybody's <laughs> going to try to belittle me or talk down to me or get in my way physically, whatever, I mean, I will stand up. So <laughs> I will stand I up that. and fight back. <laughs> I let, let's end there. Thank you very much. <laughs> That's right. Watch out for Carol Alvarado. Stay out of my way. Hall. That's right. <laughs> starting a fight club. Okay, Amy, All what's right. next? Thank Wonderful. you, Senator. Thank you. And Senator, do you have any parting words? Thank y'all so much. This was fun. And I hope people go and vote for your podcast. Thank you so Thank much. You. <laughs> That's very generous of you. You can vote right here. Thank you. Oh. Thank you for bringing oh, that right. Thank you so much to our special guest, Senator Carol Alvarado, actor Warren Pacheco, and poet and author Sean Petrie. Sean, did you write us a poem? And if I so, did. I typed a poem, and I like that you said that like you'll stand up and fight. And anyways, this is—I was trying to rhyme with catheter, but that didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> I did not work that in, and it's not a rhyming poem. Um, it's called "Still Standing" for Senator Alvarez. Oh, neat! Great. You can try to keep me down. You can push things later and later into the night, thinking that I will wilt from the pain but I will not take a seat. You can smirk, all you smug men in your seats, but I will still keep fighting because this right here is history. It may seem simple, just the casting of a vote, but it is everything. And I will not take a seat for 15 hours or months or however long it takes until we all have an equal seat at the voting table. I will keep standing oh wow beautiful thank you i'm so grateful for your words thank you very much thank you yeah. thank you so wow. yeah and warren do you have a poem <laughs> <laughs> if, well if anyone would like to stick around for the after show i will be playing mozart's concerto number two in clarinet using only my breasts so <laughs> stay tuned that's for the after show though
Senator, I don't know if you want to be associated with that in that show. You, know? <laughs> you, 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 you have show. an image to protect. Yeah, yeah, it's a different different kind of show. <laughs> yeah. Sean, where can people find you next? Are you going to be rodeoing or performing? Um, yeah, we're actually going to be tomorrow um, at the Women in Their Work, which is a great organization um, in Austin. So they have their fundraising event um, tomorrow evening, which I think there's still tickets for. Um, it's called the Bold Batch. And so uh, they promote... Um, uh, a lot of women artists um, in the in the Austin area, so we'll be there tomorrow, Saturday night. Um, I forget where it is; it's somewhere downtown. Great. And Warren, what about you? Where can people find you next? Af- not just you the after party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the live streaming. Um, yeah, you can find me online um, on Instagram, Warren underscore Pacheco. It's not like I didn't do anything, um, honestly. <laughs> like, like where can we find you next? I'm like at my job. Like, I'm my night job. So, yeah, if you want to come to the Blue Hotel in Santa Monica and come by me, please. But that's, that's about it. Oh, Our listeners. I'll look you up. I might be there. <laughs> we're, oh. Yeah, we're oh, on really? the airway. Oh. You pay for people. Jump. Jump. I'm serious. Jump. I think you guys need to remember Warren's name because he's, he's on the Paul Rudd. The Paul Rudd career path. Aww. I really believe it. Yes. Yay. Thank you, Stephanie. That's so sweet. I, I prefer more like a, I prefer, you know, more of like a, I don't know, like Warren Beatty, but I'll take it. Ooh. Okay. Mm. okay. I'm kidding. I don't know. I'm <laughs> just saying, sexiest man alive. Okay. We'll check well, in I'm... in 10 years. Yeah. Who's right? Check in in 10 Paul years. Yeah. You know, and, you know, Paul, Paul Rudd's been looking a little tired lately. So. How dare you? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, sir, Ooh. Oh, be nice. <laughs> it's just because I've been keeping him up later and later, more. Every night. <laughs> thank you to our over the ledge benevolent <laughs> empress, Stephanie Chiarello. Thank you to our sound engineer, Tom Booker. Just remember, Tom Booker loves you. Thank you to Amy Lowry for guiding us through this episode. Don't forget, she's glad you're here. And a second thank you to our sponsors. We couldn't do this without you. And that's our show. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you get yours. Like us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and now TikTok at as at Over the Ledge. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Thank you very much. Thank y'all. Thanks, y'all. That was amazing.